This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, welcome to Raise Your Game. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Today on the show, we're going to be talking a little bit about the importance and relevance of ESG to small and medium enterprises, more commonly known as SMEs, often seen as a cost factor or maybe a little bit of a tedious thing to get through. As uh, ESG factors can be considered a powerful opportunity for businesses to up their game, which is why we're talking about that here on Raise Your Game. Helping me with this conversation today is Vix Kanakasingam, CEO of Leaderomics Digital. Vix, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Uh, thanks, Roshan, for you know uh, giving me a chance to to talk about ESG. Thank you very much. Whether they like it or not, ESG standards are coming into place Absolutely. in a lot of different places. It is an investment framework Correct. and investors are getting more and more particular Correct. about this. So it's something to pay attention to, if not now, yeah. definitely later on. Yeah. Uh, so let's start with the basics here. Yeah. Vix, give us a primer on ESG and uh, why it's relevant to enterprises. Okay. So let me just give a breakdown about What's E and S and G? Yeah, right. Let's start with that. E is environment. Mm-hmm. Okay, it talks about the four fundamental things: energy, water, air, and waste management. Then you got the S, which is talks about social. That's inside and outside. Inside your employees' well-being, health and safety, diversity, inclusiveness, your HR handbook. Then from an outside perspective, what are the corporate social responsibilities you're doing for your community around where your organization is and also uh, social activities? That's, that's just a tip of the iceberg. Then you talk about G. The G is governance. Mm. What are your best practices? Uh, that includes also uh, best practices with regard to PDPA, cybersecurity, etc. And also anti-corruption and kind of thing. So there's a lot of basically process leveling up here as well. Correct. And I think a lot of times when we talk about ESG, the, the misconception that it's it's all about green, it's all about environment, sustainability, that yeah. sort of thing. But there's a lot going on Correct. here, particularly in the S and the G yeah. parts here, Correct. which I'm sure we're going to dive into a Absolutely. little further yeah. as well. Um, but I guess the question now also is, there's a lot of fuss around ESG right now. Why is it becoming a bigger topic today? Okay, I mean, if if you're aware that Busa is making it uh, mandatory for all listed companies by end of this year to actually report their ESG practices, a disclosure, uh, most organizations already listed have been providing reports. When I was in sense of, we were already providing reports on a quarterly basis. Going forward, it'll be mandatory if you're listed. Um, so because of that, uh, if I'm listed, Part of my supply chain, whoever I work with, I collaborate and co-create, they too need to be practicing ESG. So it's becoming more and more important. I don't look at ESG purely from a financial perspective. Or mm. I have to practice ESG so that I get funding. No, I think that's just <laughs> a tip of the iceberg. Uh, you have to look at ESG's best practices. Now I go back a bit of history sure. kind of thing. Now, uh, I come from a manufacturing background first, then before I joined Binary Young, then became Maxis uh, kind of thing. So we, we started deploying ISO 9000. Right. Mm-hmm. The reason why we did that because we had to work with other organizations who wanted to make sure that we had best practices, our quality standards and stuff so we could collaborate with local entities and global entities because ISO 9000 is a global practice. So ESG is going to become a global standard if you want to collaborate and co-create not only locally and globally. All right. So if our organizations, especially SMEs, they don't embrace ESG practices and deploy it and report it and manage it, then they're going to have an issue not only from getting funding, but let's say a foreign company says, are you practicing ESG? 
right? Uh, you have not, then I can't because part of my requirement, I need to only work with organizations that are practicing and disclosing their activities. And that all sounds great, right? But end of the day, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the perception is this is more of a cost issue, yeah. right? It's going to be, it's going to cost me more to do this, to implement this process for my employees, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so maybe let's do the carrot side of the equation here. What in your experience here, from the way you look at it, what are the benefits, I guess? At the end of the day, it's always going to be that, right? That the business is going to ask, how is it going to benefit me? So okay. tell us a bit about So let me, yeah. let me say this. Huh? Uh, ESG is about doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. All right? Think about it. There's two things. ESG has got a list of metrics, how to, the best practices and how to run your organizations, ensure sustainability and how you manage the environment and the people. So if you think about it, this is something everyone should be doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to help them stay relevant and they can scale and therefore they can become more predictable as an organization. So it's not like, oh, it's, it's an additional work. All right? Uh, I've got to set up a separate division. All right? It, it's, we are approaching it with a wrong mindset. We have to approach it with, with the intention to win. That means let me use ESG, leverage it so that I can actually create a, a business transformation. Therefore, I can make it more predictable and profitable so that my organization is in the infinite game. Mm. All right? Break that down a little bit for us because sure. uh, you're alluding to here basically basic steps yes. and how it's going to be in the long term beneficial. Uh, tell us more about that. Okay, so uh, today in our organization, I, I, there's three phases in how to adopt ESG, which should be part of the business transformation of a company. Mm-hmm. Right? So you got the beginner's phase and the intermediate and advanced phase. So in the beginner's phase, it takes about nine to 12 months. All right? The first step you have to do is you go to an assessment program. Assess where you are today, right, based on the ESG. Uh, in most organizations, would be more than 50%. Example, you have an HR handbook, great. You have some PDPA processes in place or uh, documentation in place. You have a cyber security governance in place. You've got some governance with your organization. You have a diversity plan in place. You need to know where. So build a base first. From that base, okay, set some targets. Example, from a social aspect, today my organization, we have 30% female, 70% male. I want to create a balance. Set a target the next three years, I want to achieve 50-50. All right? So more diversity. So you build your own targets to achieve that sustainability going forward. All right? So you do that as phase one, beginners. Just try to understand. Get it. And then you make it as part of your organization. So what I propose to any company, don't call it ESG call it, let's say, BFM sustainability framework. Mm. So BFM says, I want to embrace ESG. Let's not call it ESG because it's like someone else telling me what to do. Mm -hmm. We call it BFM's sustainable framework because part of your organization's framework. Mm. It creates inclusiveness. Right, so that's important as part of the beginning. So the leaders should say, guys, we're going to transform the business. We let's embrace ESG to transform the business so that we can grow. Let's take all the best practices there. Let's look at the GRI standards, how to report and manage. Let's become part of our culture and best practice and become your own framework. Rex, what are some of the best practices right now? Uh, okay, so I give you an example under uh, E. All right how you manage energy utilization in the organization, all right? So it's not just about lights <laughs> and computers and stuff, all right? Let's say I'm in manufacturing, all right? Now, how do I manage energy utilization? So looking at my machines today, all right? 
Do I service them on time? Is there preventive maintenance in place? This is where I like to say ERG actually is a catalyst to digital transformation. Okay. Because therefore, you take this option and say, I'm going to transform my process so that I become more energy efficient. I'm going to make it more effective. I increase my yield. So that's where you look at your machine. Okay, this machine is not being maintained very well. That's why energy utilization is high. What do I need to do? Maybe put some IoT sensors, etc., etc. Automate certain processes, improve the energy utilization. Therefore, increases yield. It's a win-win. Mm-hmm. So you're actually coupling ESG to digital transformation. Because I guess it's also just about an incentive game, right? Because Right now, maybe the business isn't changing the machines as often as they can because the incentive right now, the only score we're counting is the bottom line. Correct. But if we had something else, say an ESG scorecard or a sustainability scorecard, which now is encouraging you and rewarding and incentivizing businesses saying, hey, if you take care of your machines and have a bit more of a longer term view, you will make money in the longer term, sure. But in the short term also, maybe you'll get cheaper loans, for example, which grants, is something that's Governments giving out grants, grants digital financing. Absolutely right. Yeah. yeah. So it's a win-win. Eh? Mm. So the organization needs to say, this is this is another best practice that I actually advocate to all organizations. I call it 80% business as usual, 20% continuous innovation and improvement. Mm. Right? So you should tell yourself, we are going to practice all the ESG initiatives or programs as part of innovation and continuous improvement, while 80% is business as usual. Over a period of time, become part of the DNA organization. So if you look at even back to the ISO 9000, there's no specific target you have to achieve. It's just that the 20 rules, how are you doing it? And then you set your targets and you monitor continuous improvement. So ESG has got a similar principle. You set the target. Like I said, I want to reduce energy utilization by 20% in the next three years. Mm. All right. You set the target and you monitor and what are the improvements you're doing. All right. So it's a continuous improvement process. So based on that, it's a win-win. You're reducing energy, you're saving money. Other organizations that you collaborate and co-create will be once to work with you because you're already part of the ESG framework and you have your own, let's say, BFM uh, scientific framework. People want to work with you. Easy to get grants, loans, etc. Because today financial institutions are saying, we're only going to give out loans if you're practicing sustainability in some shape, form with regard to ESG. So you can tap into that. Now, that obviously leads to some concerns over greenwashing, but I also want to ask you around some of the best practices for the S and the G. Yeah. We'll get to that in just a bit, Vix. Folks, I've been speaking with Vix Kanakazingam. He is the CEO of Leaderomics Digital, and we're talking about ESG and how it's relevant and important for SMEs on this episode of Raise Your Game. We'll be back in just a bit. I'm Roshan Kanakazingam. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Blues, folk, metal. BFM. 89.9. BFM 89.9. Folks, welcome back to Raise Your Game. I'm Roshan Karnison and in the studio with me today is Vix Kanakasingam. He's the CEO of Leaderomics Digital. Um, Vix, earlier we were talking about some of the... We were setting a bit of context here on the importance of why we should care about ESG as a business. And you were telling me a bit about some of the best practices. Uh, I'm going to ask you about greenwashing in a second, but give us some of the other best practices as it relates to the social factors and the governance factors. Okay. Let's let's look at social aspect uh, internally. Now, every organization should have a health and safety guideline for the workforce. And some of the workforce actually goes out to do work. All right? So having a proper health and safety handbook and structure is super important, which includes insurance, etc. Then if you talk about the next one is PDPA, mm-hmm. Data Protection Act. All right? Now, 
every organization should have a proper best practices with regard to data protection, not only from the employee data protection, but the organization data protection, right? which then links to the G part, where the governance comes to cybersecurity and stuff. So these are the best practices. A lot of organizations do not spend time saying, oh, data is fine. I, I'm not worried about it. Cybersecurity is like, it's like selling insurance. Until they get hit, then only they'll say, hey, I need, <laughs> I need cybersecurity. It's actually not about cybersecurity. It's making sure your organization is cyber resilient. Okay. All right. So that's best. What a best example. All right. Very simple example. I walked in. There's a receptionist. All right. I leave a thumb drive at the at the receptionist. I go off. What's the first thing she might do? She'll take it. Oh, there's a thumb drive. She'll plug it into the laptop. Boom. I'm ready into your business. Mm. So if you educate your employees, listen, if you find a thumb drive, you do not know, do not do this. Educate them. If someone calls you, do not give them access. Ask these questions. Then employees, make sure your documents are not displayed on the, on the table. You actually create the best practices in the organization that to protect the data is to protect your career. To protect your career is to protect the organization. All right, mm-hmm. to protect the organization, therefore you protect your customers. All right, so you need to actually emphasize the importance of those kind of best practices when it comes to S, it's linked to the G. G, you got what governance, uh, anti corruption, uh, your board. All right, so do you have an anti corruption act within the employees? What are their practices? Do they know the boundaries of when you deal with a client or a supplier? All right, you need to have those documented and educated. So when an employee walks into a company, the first thing you have to do is onboarding is not about what you're going to do in your job. It's like, these are our best practices, mate. This you need to know when it comes to cyber resilience, to data protection, to anti-corruption, then sign here. All right, then take you in and say, this is your function. You're in charge of the radio station and you are the sound engineer and this is what you do. So we need to make sure that's best practices of any organization. Now this... It, speaking of best practices, this also sounds that like there's going to be a training need, right? You can't just expect people to learn all this overnight. And yep. I think this is something that we severely uh, underestimate. You know, okay. you can have all the best plans in the world. And here, sign on this document. How many people read the document is another thing. Correct. And then you need to make sure as, I mean, the companies, all the businesses, I'm sure must have some accountability in terms of how much did my how much do my employees know about these different things. Um from the work you do, um, give us a sense of what kind of basic training la, okay. that businesses should definitely consider when it comes okay. to things like this. So one of the basic trainings actually Linomics actually provides is that we call it the ESG awareness program. It's like a one-day workshop, mm. all right? Everyone across from the top to bottom should attend and basically teaching them the fundamentals, the importance of ESG and how it impacts the organization. On top of that, there we will have an assessment program. It's an online tool. Basically, you go in after the uh, one-day workshop, you, you answer to the responses, all right? Then based on that, a couple of weeks later, we will then do a half-day workshop based on your assessment. We'll say these are the gaps and areas of improvement, and these are areas you need to actually put in some best practices. Now, this is very high level. We want to actually help clients to understand, where am I today, mm. Right, so we we do it very simple, and there are a lot of other organizations do that. We, what we're telling all SMEs is that the ESG is going to be very important. Please embark and trying to understand what is ESG, 
Alright And don't go into that greenwashing uh, kind of thing uh, So greenwashing is a term that's being thrown around a lot And it's not as simple as it sounds, right? Because sometimes you, you may honestly think that you're doing something good and, and ESG compliant But it may end up just being greenwashing Maybe talk to us a bit about the difference between that line okay. In terms of when it becomes greenwashing And some other factors, you know, whether it's Conscious, unconscious, that sort of thing. Okay. I like to define greenwashing in, in two two types of greenwashing. One type of greenwashing is they're aware of what they're doing. Blatantly. Blatantly like. doing it. They know how to play the game. It's gaming the Basically system. giving the report what you want to see, but what their practice is not there. Mm. The other part is pure ignorance. They don't know what mistakes they're doing. Mm. All right? They're not aware they're making mistakes. All right? And they think they're doing the right thing. All right. Uh, so there are two types of categories that I've seen have embarked in some clients because I've seen clients say, hey, here's my ESG report. So when you go drill down, we realized they didn't realize the importance of how to measure and monitor. They were just producing reports for the sake of producing, but they were ignorant. Then there was some blatantly doing it by, ah, don't worry, we're just off the line, we'll do this and we'll show some energy savings and we'll earn some green uh, carbon <laughs> points or something. So I'm like, guys, it's not a... See, the, the, the greenwashing has been seen as purely carbon credit. Yeah. Right? It's not. It's about everything you practice across your organization. So the term greenwashing is important that you need to understand what is ESG, okay? Why is ESG important to you, right? So that you know how to implement and how do you embrace ESG into your culture? Because actually, to be honest, Roshan, ESG is actually things that we should be practicing in the last 2000, which you're already doing. It means treat your employees very well, treat your customers very well, make sure your product is of high quality, make sure you engage with your clients effectively, make sure what you do is the right thing for your people and the community and the environment. It's always been there. You go back to when ESG was first coined in 2004, all right, by, by UN, it was called Who Cares Win? <laughs> all right. Before that, it was Paul talked about sustainability investment in 1960s. All right, but who cares? We this is something. If you care about your employees, you care about your company, you care about the environment and customer. It should be in your DNA. It only needs to enforce ESG into your practice. Now. You know, it's good that you give us a little bit of a history lesson there because the terminology has changed. Um, there are many different standards and frameworks. Yeah. You've got SDGs out there. You've got uh, ESG. You've got sustainability standards from Bursa. Local regulators have different things. ASEAN will have a different thing. You know, the regional players will have some other standards. Uh, help us make sense of this. And I guess... As a business owner looking at this, let's say, I, you know what, I want to do this. I believe in the mandate. I want to make my business more environmental friendly. I want to be better to society. I want to be, have better governance. What is the appropriate roadmap for me? Where, what should I be looking towards? Okay, so let me just unwrap what you just uh, sure. said. Uh. So SDG is actually by the UN. Mm. There's 17 goals. It was first launched in 2015 with a target of 2030 to achieve that 17 goals. It goes down to micro goals in there, all right? It's very much seen as a global initiative for NGOs and corporates to practice uh, good things so that they do the right thing, all right? Mm -hmm. ESG, like I said earlier, it was actually coined in 2004 at the UN, all right, saying who cares when and it came up with the matrix, all right? Now, SDG and ESG, there's a link. Uh, how you manage water, how you manage your people, uh, poverty, which is your community. So it's how you use SDG to support. So I tell clients, look at SDG as what are the initiatives you can do linking back to the metrics. 
All right. So let's say you want to a part of S, you got to do some social activities. All right. Look at the SDG goals. What are the goals from there you can actually practice or implement that you are supporting goal number 20, or goal number five. All right. Clean water. Or something. I can create clean water for my community where my manufacturing plant is. All right. Link to my S for the ESG. All right. So that's one. All right. Uh, so you can cross map it. Like you can cross. It's actually designed cross map it. If you go to Bursa's framework, it cross maps SDG to ESG. Mm. All right. Uh, it's good. At the same token, it it makes things complicated. All right. <laughs> uh, if people do what's SDG, what's ESG, and we, uh, to be honest, it, it allows clients to give an excuse to say, I don't understand, it's too complicated, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. All right? yeah. So coming back to the standards, all right? there are GRI standards, the Global Reporting Initiative, it started a long time ago. Then you got SASB standards, you know, accounting, uh, uh, SASB accounting uh, standards, standards board. Yeah. So there are many, many standards around. All right? Now, those standards are put together to ensure transparency, etc., in reporting your activities. All right. So Bursa has adopted most of the GRI reporting standards mm. for ESG reporting. All right. So a lot of companies come and tell me, Rix, uh, ESG matrix, and you get confused, ESG matrix, GRI. I say, no, ESG is the matrix, the, what to measure. All right. The standards is how to report. So the ESG side, these are the things I need to measure. So how I report it, I refer to the different standards, which is actually by Bursa. All right. Mm. So if anyone comes and tells me, listen, let's not boil the ocean. Just follow. Even though you're not listed, Bursa has got a very good framework. Just follow that. All right. So I mean, I give an example. Sorry. So this CEO say, oh, you know, so many standards. You know, I, I'm not. I'm going to wait for someone to come and tell me this is the global standard. Mm. All right. So uh, that's why I, some of them call me the spiritual engineer. All of us are doing the right thing. Mm. So I say, at the end of the day, just choose one standard and start. Don't wait for someone to come and tell you what's the right standard. And I just choose a standard that is applicable for you to start and do it immediately. Vix, let's wrap up on this one sure. point. Uh, I think a little bit of a closing message here. You know, if businesses, business owners out there still not on board the the ESG train at this point here, what would you what would you say to them? I guess if you you know you were if you had the ability to have them in all one room and you had to try and convince them, uh, what would you say to them? Okay, uh, three things I want to say. All right, uh, ESG is here to stay. All right, you either embrace it and stay relevant. Or you're going to become obsolete. All right? If you want to grow your business, it doesn't matter your SME or micro SME or MNC. Second, embrace ESG with a mindset to win. That means leverage of ESG to help transform your business. Use that opportunity to transform. Okay? Make an impact to your employees and customers. So it, it motivates your employees because you're going doing the right thing. Okay? Third is be a rock star. There's an <laughs> opportunity to be a rock star, an opportunity to actually say, I've embraced it, create your own framework, let's call it uh, XYZ Sesame framework, you become a rock star, you move forward, easy to get people to work with you or work for you. It's an opportunity and let's not waste it. Vix, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time. Thanks, thanks, Ocean. Thank you for this opportunity. Cheers. Folks, you've been listening to a conversation with Vix Kanakazingam. He is the CEO of Leaderomics Digital. I'm Roshan Kainison. This has been Raise Your Game. Keep it here at BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.